throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections. From our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with host Gord Riddell. It's time to listen and learn. Good day, everyone, and uh, welcome to Things Worth Considering. I'm your host, Gord Riddell, and I'm here once again with Alexia. Hello. And I'm going to do George Ausis. How's that? Very close. Getting closer? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get this yet, all right? Um, uh, well, welcome back. I'm really happy you came back uh, you, uh, so soon. Uh, Alexia is a naturopathic doctor. Uh, and she's uh, fully practicing and teaching. Um, she moved here from Vancouver, from uh, British Columbia, where she was the associate dean of clinical studies. Um, then here in Toronto, uh, was a cl- clinical faculty member at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine for 15 years, Correct. I believe. Yeah. So today, uh, you teach at the Transformational Arts College. Yay! Everybody's Yay, favorite yes. here in Toronto, and you also maintain two practices in I Toronto. Can. One east, one west? One east, one west. Okay. <laughs> that's the way the city's laid out, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that's great. So, you know, last week when we were talking, we we started to talk a little bit about connections. And, um, of course, that's what the basis of the show is about, is that we'll, you know, be able to explore things that help us to connect, you know, with other people, with our jobs, with the universe, uh, but ultimately with ourselves. And so on. So um, I thought that I would love to just keep going uh, talking about that. Um, but you know, when we talk about connections, I guess my first question really that I, I you know keep pondering is how is it that we disconnect? How do we wind up being oh, yeah. disconnected? Yeah. Now I'm working with the, the idea that uh, when we arrive as children, we're connected, mm-hmm. and somewhere we we lose it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I I think that that is a question that maybe can't really be answered, but it is something to be curious about, to notice yeah. when we feel good, typically we feel connected. Right. And when we don't, we are disconnected. And I agree with you around disconnection from the self. And mm. in terms of why that happens, you know, there, I think there are lots of theories around it in terms of ego development or whatever stages of life. I also think culturally, but I also believe that there's something around being able to have awareness of seeing. Right. Because we, we kind of touched on this last time, which was we can be so externally focused. Or almost completely. Are almost completely. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it feels to me like our world has just moved, you know, closer and closer to us being totally external. Yeah. You know, and so when you, when you talk, you know, when I work with anybody, and I'm sure you do as well, mm-hmm. and try to get them in touch with themselves, they're like, what are you talking about? Right. They right. really, you know, it's kind of like, I don't see that I have a problem here. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think also that we're so used to getting a sense of who is, who am I? Who is the self? So Mm -hmm. when someone says, well, what's your relationship with yourself? It's like, I don't really know. I don't like, because we're so much focused on existing and doing and performing and, you know, maintaining whatever it is to stay responsible as adults. Right. And, 
and we really do lose a sense of who we are. We, I think that for myself, I've done that before, where you focus much more on the labels of identity right? instead of, wait, who, who am I really? Yes, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, and I think that our, that's where the weight of our value is placed on what's your title, where's your office, uh, you know, what do you do? Um, you know, uh, I love, I love Brene Brown's, uh, line when she says that, uh, when she really doesn't want to talk to anybody and they ask her, you know, on an airplane where you're trapped, what do you do? She says, I study shame. And she said, it's immediately kind of the end of the conversation, <laughs> which I just love. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's a, I study shame, but right. you know, when we're working with that, um, there's a, even that idea of shame for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm always you know, focus on my value as externalized, then there's just become so much shame, I think, about ourselves. Yes. How do you value something that no one else is valuing? Exactly. You know, exactly. and that's, that takes a lot of work. It does. It takes, it takes work where, you know, again, it goes back to um, the, the mentorship that's around and, and being role modeled around how to shift our sense of valuing and what are we valuing? Right. And and it's just a slippery slope when we go into achievement and how much money we make or where we live, where we practice, and we lose sight of what's what's really important. Yeah. Achievements and, and, are not an internal uh, no, resource at all. They're not. No. They're not. But I yeah. remember years ago I I it was in I was in Calgary and I had a I think I was interviewing for some part-time summer job and it was in an advertising agency and Someone in the agency said to me, or there was a sign up on the wall, and it said, "You know, you're only as good as your last ad." Uh, yes. So, so it, it, it's that sense of how much how much value are you putting on what you've accomplished, but also in the past. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're only you know that that's a, a real you know thing in theater is, is you're only as good as your last performance. Mm. You know, it it really is, or yeah. your last speech, or or whatever, because. Really, you're here in the now. You haven't spoken today or performed or whatever, and you're moving forward. We're not moving backwards. People who lose that sense of self, I think, is when we sort of do a time shift and we shift backwards. Or yeah. we shift to this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And we have all of this, you know, uh, uh, imagery of ourselves in the future. And it's like you can't work from that place. No. You know, no. I mean, that's just a huge. You know, time is a huge disconnection and space being the other major disconnection. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But time is our worst. Yes. And, and I think that with time, it's it, you know, you've just touched on something really important where it's like you can't work from the place. You can't connect from that place. No. So so you cannot connect with the now. And if you look at time in terms of, you know, I know from a shamanic perspective, the little that I know about that is really that that past, present and future are all here. Yes. That, so that's, a, that's a head scratcher, isn't it? It is. It is. It's like, <laughs> wait, it's all here. So then, yeah. then connection means that as soon as you drop into being here, then you can actually have a perspective where you are very centered and grounded. Exactly. Exactly. You know, where you can see, oh, that was the past and, oh, this is right now. And I don't know, is that the future? Maybe. Right. But it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. So the disconnect, for sure, if you're caught in either one of them, the extremes, then you you can't connect. It doesn't it doesn't align. And it makes us ill. It does make us. It ill. makes us ill, and it makes us it can make us mentally ill. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, in a most unfortunate way, just the the amount of energy it requires to keep going over stuff from the past. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, you know, shame. Shame is the most difficult part because what do you do about that? You know, guilt at least tells me that I did something wrong and I can make amends for that. But oh, that's sh- interesting because I don't sh- see guilt that way. I see guilt more as guilt is guilt keeps us stuck. Well, guilt can keep us stuck if we are not willing to do something to relieve that. Mm, okay. Shame is what will keep us stuck because it's, you know, this is, I did something wrong and shame is saying I am wrong. Uh-huh. My beingness is wrong. So what do I do with that? Right. Well, I think part of it is, I mean, we, the forgiveness is there, but also an awareness of, wait a minute, this is just a shame voice because we have mm. so many voices, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, you have them too? I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do, actually. Not many, but no, I do. I <laughs> lots, lots. So, so I think part of the shame, which is, I, I think that impacts people with when they suffer from imposter syndrome or feeling like I don't deserve yeah. or that there's something there. And I, I'm always very perplexed as to, you know, the how to shift it, which I think doesn't necessarily come from the mind. It doesn't come from the thinking. Right. Right. You know, I think sometimes we got to get out of our head. Yeah. yeah. You know that, uh, you know, thinking again, what's what's most valuable thinking? You know, tell me what you think. Don't tell me what you feel about this. Mm. Tell me what you think about it. And so we're, we're, we're gradually like moved along that everything happens in our head and we, we lose touch of our bodies our sexuality, our sensuality, our athleticism. I mean, just all of those things uh, um, so that I can think my way through. Definitely. And and unfortunately, the things that we think often is crap. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, random, random pieces of uh, cosmic crap floating by. And (laughs) we just pick one out and we go, I think I'm going to ruminate and worry about this one today. Right. And we blow it up into not everyone does, but some people do. And I and I feel sorry that people get stuck in that, yeah. you know, that sort of rotation of, uh, you know, worrying the drama, the because ninety percent of the stuff never happens. Absolutely, it's it's related to the catastrophizing, what you said, ruminating, awfulizing, awfulizing, fearing, and it it just keeps creating this energy in itself that is sort of like the sympathetic nervous system. It just feeds it, feeds it, so that the body never gets a chance to just be at peace. Exactly. Because once it starts, it's, it's like this cycle. And, and, you know, the part of our body, the parasympathetic nervous system, once, like, if you have a cough, and even though the cold is long gone, you're going to be coughing for days or weeks afterwards, even though you, there's no pathogen or anything there, right. because your body got used to it, and it thinks it still needs to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think our brain you know, very often it operates that way. Oh, I think the brain, it it does indeed. And I think there's more research that's showing up around Mm. neural pathways with the brain and, you know, where is the brain or where's the thinking mind and what rules the brain? Because we can imagine and believe that these thoughts are there. So going back to the shame thought, it's like, okay, I have this belief that I did something wrong and I need to be ashamed, like shame on me for whatever this is, a mistake or something I did that is a belief. And it it becomes the snowball of a story. So the shifting 
to, to reconnect with the self, to reconnect with whatever truth is. Right. Because truth is also based in perception. Yeah, totally. But when we yeah. take away those layers, like what you're saying, when we're born into this world, there's this sense of, of we are whole and connected. Yeah. And then connected to we, our moms. Connected to yeah. our moms, connected <laughs> yeah. to the vitality of life. Yes. In a way. Yes. Connected to the dads too. The, oh the yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. But, it, but absolutely, the mother. The mother. Connection. Yeah, that's powerful. And and so those layers. When you start to pull away the layers, and you say, okay, imagine that you don't have the titles or the roles or whatever else your identity is. Right. What's left? Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. There was an exercise that uh, when I was training years ago that we had to do, and that was, uh, who am I at three a.m just arbitrarily. Everyone's asleep. There's no lights on in the house. I'm not wearing any clothes, no labels. Uh, I'm nobody's mother. I don't have a mother. I'm nobody's son. I'm nobody's father. Uh, so when I take those labels away, then who am I? You know, because we can define ourselves as being the teacher, being the father, being the mother, being the, you know, whatever it is based on your gender or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, and even then that doesn't matter anymore. Um, but it's, it, it's getting past everything about us is labeled that we just have accepted, you yes. know? Um, so, you know, when you, when you did, I mean, it was a very long, it, this wasn't a one sitting thing. Mm -hmm. This was, you went back and you journaled, you went back and, you know, and At you that, sat there that. in the middle of the living room naked, you know, and it just made sure the heat was turned up a bit, <laughs> um, in the middle of the night and, and like, so who am I when I take away all of these characters in my life that define me yeah. by by my relationship to them uh, and and my jobs, you know, which is mm -hmm. multiple. Uh, I don't do those. So it's a fascinating experiment. I really I really recommend anybody to do this. I think it would be very powerful to do that. Yeah. And, and, and I share think it, though. Share it, though. At uh -huh. the end. That, okay. Because share you can't someone. do anything that brings mm -hmm. shame up without sharing it. Otherwise, it, shame lives in the dark. Mm. It needs to be brought into the light. And that's sharing it with someone that you know is, respects you, will never bring it up and hurt you you know, with it. And we, hopefully, all of us find somebody like that in our lives or, yeah. or multiple people yeah. that we can actually say who we are. We can present who we are without worrying about, is it going to get thrown back in my face or not? Right. You know? I think that's a really good piece, what you said around being able to share it, because that you know, if we look at shame or any emotion as being sort of a, a blocked ball of energy, that the release and being witnessed or just, just the, because there's a lot of freedom when we let go of these ideas of who we think we are. Yes, right? exactly. Or who, who we think we are, because people told us that's who we are. Yes. And then, of course, we all know what happens when, you know, kids, kids come out or whatever and say who they are not. You know, which is, you know, the heteronormative, you know, mm -hmm. kids that the parents wanted. And it's like, it's horrible. I mean, yeah. downtown Toronto has so many children that have been thrown out of their houses. And my children, sure, they're teenagers. They could be 22. I don't yeah, care. They're still young. They're still young, Absolutely. you know, to be thrown out because of a decision around who they want to love. And that that is not connection. No. <clears throat> uh, uh, you know, I live, I live in that area and, uh, it's, I find it just gut wrenching at times, 
you know, uh, and their stories are horrible. Oh yeah. Yeah, they, there are. And, and, and again, based on condition, based on image, based on someone else's construct Absolutely. of how someone should be. Yes. And, and I think that that is same when people choose different careers that suddenly their parents didn't want them to choose. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and or going be, to college to yeah. the wrong career. Yeah. It's, it's, it really, it goes down to so many different levels where it's like, wait a minute, what are we doing to each other? Well, exactly. Who right. am I here for? Who am I here for? Good yeah. question. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, I mean, the guilt around it. After all that I've done for you and you are going to turn around and go mm-hmm. and become this or, you know, whatever. And, and then, of course, the big one is what are people going to say? So you hear the parental shame now comes out, yes. really. And that's really yes. what what targets it, but so does the grandparents' shame. I mean, it's so multi-generational. Definitely. Know, uh, and, and each one, uh, and each experience disconnects the next generation. Yes, uh, definitely dis- disconnect because it keeps on layering and really deepening, again, going back to that sense of shame, because without the connection, we are flailing. Yes, we're flailing and searching and fighting with ourselves instead of simply just turning inward and saying, "Oh, wait, this is this is who I am." Exactly. You know, the research that has been done, you know, on the necessity of connection—that we are we are absolutely born social animals—is you know, is without a, without a, any any doubt whatsoever that we need each other. And on that note. We need to go to commercial, and we're going to break here. I am Gordon Riddell. I'm here with Alexia, and uh, we'll be right back. Voice America is available on your Google Connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Are you looking for a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Do you want your business to thrive? Do you want to enjoy better relationships and find your purpose? Tune in every week to Stepping Into the Tenda Dao Chung Life Transformation with Dr. and Master Shaw with host Diana Gold Holland, who will share the wisdom of Master Shaw. You'll hear from inspiring teachers and listen to testimonials about life transformation. Stepping Into the Tenda Dao Chung can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. in the West and 6 p.m. in the East on Voice America Empowerment. The White House doctor makes house calls. 
Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to things worth considering with gord riddell we'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca that's info at spiritgrows.ca now back to things worth considering hi welcome back this is uh, gord riddell and you are listening to things worth considering uh alexi and i are talking today uh, about how we connect and disconnect. Importantly, right now we're talking about disconnecting, um, and we we're just talking about shame and and you know people people uh, withdrawing from us. You know when people hurt us, mm-hmm. or they abuse us, sexually abuse us, or we're 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 uh, uh, corporal punishment like being slapped and spanked and and so on, um, and the tra- you know being traumatized. You know, uh, we we ultimately you know disconnect. I mean, the biggest disconnector is sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. It's just like you know, understandably, people leave their bodies and they have a great deal of difficulty. Uh, exactly. You know, that part that is just frozen. You well, know, and it's such bring a, it back. It, yes, and it, and it, and it's such an energetic violation, and overstep because it also corresponds typically with whether it's uh, the root chakra the pelvic area, yes, or even the upper chest, the heart chakra. Mm. But the root chakra is really all about being safe in the world. That's right. And and, and, re- that- and, and having sort of gratitude and knowing that you have enough. Because yes. that's our, I don't have enough. There's not enough money. There's not enough love. There's not enough husbands. There's not enough right. <laughs> in the world, you know. But it's always, it's really, uh, if it's malfunctioning, it's always about not enough, yeah. which, hello, this is where most people are living from. Right. Right. The, the not enough. Yeah. Sorry, but no, no, know. the disconnect was, and it and it it builds on that in terms of that's one of the 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 major ways that people disconnect for yes. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the hurting, I think, that's also very true in uh, any kind of relationship, whether it's family members or partners, where there's words or just a, a misunderstanding and that pain. Whatever the pain is, we will we can disconnect again from wanting to relate to a person. Yes, because we are hurt. Yep. And whatever story we've interpreted, whether it's real or not, it's just there, right? Because it's it's also perception. It's all perception. Yeah. And then projection. And projection. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like okay, just take your story and put it back in your head, right. and don't put it all over me. Uh, yeah, I mean, people people can create some, you know, the scenarios in their head, and uh, you know, they're hurt or they're hurting, 
uh, it's projected, and then they just disappear. Yes. You know, I love the new term apparently uh, is ghosting. Yes, ghosting. Yeah, people yes. just disappear. They just yes. were there, and now suddenly, you know, it's like, you know, dear, dear, uh, you know, b- b- bad words, cord. Right. Uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, even if it's not said, it's implied, you know, uh, and, and I have a great deal of difficulty that to have some sort of a relationship and that just disappear. Mm-hmm. I do, um, too. And yeah. it's, talk about a, such a sense of, uh, first of all, a potential trigger for abandonment, for one thing. Around oh, sense absolutely. Of, betrayal. And then sense of rejection that yep. you're not part of. And I think that's also just inevitable with what's happening with social media, as we know, in terms of that sense of believing that social media is, you know, the amount of likes you get is, is connection. Yes. And it's not, but it is really part of the culture. So, you know, in terms of how people get disconnected, pain, being hurt, being abandoned, being, being bullied, betrayed. being betrayed. Yeah. Let's and, go back to bullying, yes, actually, yeah, sure. because that's really is a huge, huge problem, a huge crisis. You know, um, I mean, I can remember back in the olden days, you know, uh, that people would make fun with us, or, but it lasted like a day. I think that, again, you know, the bringing technology where people have access to you in your own home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the parents are not really seeing what's going on. They're doing their own thing. And these little kids are being bullied while they're supposed to be in a safe place. That's actually very true, and I never really thought of it that way because it gives a sense of where am I safe? Absolutely, you know, where, there is no safe. Like, you go to school, you're not safe. Right. Walking home, you're not safe. Now here you are in your parents' home or your home, uh, uh, you know, hopefully growing up, and you're not even safe because that thing, ding, you know, as people are 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 doing whatever they do with bullying. Yeah, and and that that really reinforces then to me the need for a new skill set to be practiced in terms of awareness of how to create safety regardless of what's going on around you. Oh, yeah. You know, and aside from, of course, if you're in a war zone or if you're in immediate physical danger. Right. But being able to see that this safety comes from inside. Yes. You know, the safety and sense of stability comes from inside. Yeah. Um, but you see, when you, but when you line up things like, you know, betrayal and, and some of the things we just mentioned mm-hmm. here, then you don't trust anymore. And one of the biggest trusts is you don't trust yourself. Exactly. How can I trust anybody? You know, how, do, how exactly. can I trust my my choices? Exactly, my judgment. Exactly. So here now we've got a, a situation where, you know, the trust is so violated and trust is very hard to bring back as we know. It is. And, I can. And also, when there's a recognition that the trust is, I don't trust myself, then it's also, I think, really important to be able to recognize that we have no power over what someone's behavior is going to be like. Mm. We have no power over what someone may say about us. Well, see, you that know? just screws everything up here because everybody <laughs> thinks they're in control. <laughs> Only to find out no one is. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. And and but that piece around trust, self-trust, because yes, that sense of, oh, I don't trust you. And I do think it's important to become discerning as to who is your Absolutely. inner circle, your safe people, like you were when you were talking about that exercise of uh, letting go of all the labels and who am I, right? Yes. And sharing it. Yeah. You're gonna choose someone who there is definitely a sense of safety. 
where with the vulnerability. Yeah. But I do believe when we start to develop our sense of awareness that I think that our relationships start shifting where they become less in terms of numbers. It becomes quality, not quantity. That's right. Right. Yeah. I think it's part of it in the aging process too. Yes. You know, it's for very, sure. it's exhausting to have that many friends. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and have a job. It is. It is. <laughs> it know, is. I think that, you know, what you're saying is so true is is to have that handful of people that are just so, you know, uh, in your court. Yeah. Always in your court. Always in you your know, court. Not the ones that like to jump the fence, you know, and stab you in the back as they're walking away. Right. You know, and there's just too much of that. Uh, it, you know, is it a Western thing? Yeah. The more, you know, the more that I've traveled throughout the world and the more people I've met. I mean, Toronto is such a huge cosmopolitan city, multicultural it is. city. It is. Uh, that pe- people are very much sort of the same way, you know. Now, maybe they've adapted to, to that being a Canadian norm under Victorian principles. <laughs> 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 that woman still has a huge impact on all of uh, us. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, uh, yes, yes. People, oh, it's very Victorian. <laughs> well, it, was, it was kind of like prim and proper and so on. No, like mm-hmm. backbiting and, mm-hmm. and claw your way to the top and throw the rest to the side, right. you know. Right. Uh, it's really, it's, it's much much more than about it being uh, sexual, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, much you know, more. But don't you think that there's also a piece of when you when you recognize that and can see the pattern or the comfort, the familiar sort of way of being, then then you can have choice. Because can, I yes. think when we have a choice to say, actually, this doesn't align with me anymore, or this is where I feel safe or secure, that to me reinforces a sense of trust. Not easy. People to are do. too afraid to go there. Generally. 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 They're too afraid to go there because it, it means they will stand out from the, the crowd. Right. You know, right. Our, you know, we're so hardwired to be social that anything yeah. that can jeopardize our inability to be social for most people, not everyone, but for most people, is that we're not going to rock that boat. We're not going to say, this isn't okay for me. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Turn around and realize, well, there's no one standing behind me. You're on your own now to do this. And there are some very brave souls that do do that. Yes. You know, um, I think people who have to do that often are people who uh, are struggling with, with uh, uh, you know, uh, abuse with, uh, you know, alcohol and substance, substance abuse disorder, alcohol use disorder. Um, it takes a lot of guts to stop. It, it takes does. a lot of guts because you have a lot of grief to say goodbye to people. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. you're saying hello to your life, though. Yes. Yes. You know, yes. Uh, the people that you're leaving are the people who want you there to suffer with them. Yes. So they're not suffering alone. Yes. You know, our drinking buddies. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know? Where you, there's, 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 you know, such, um, you know, when I see people who decide to stop drinking or stop any kind of addictive relationship, yeah. whether it's substance or a behavior. People, places or things. Yes. Yes. And. And that grief is massive around how do I say goodbye to these people or the relationships I had. Right. And having the courage to step into something that's new and different and unfamiliar is... And not really embraced by very many people no. that you know. No. And and then it's like, okay, now I'm on my own. But are you? Are you really on your own? Right. You know, in terms of connection. Right. And, and There's and more room for it now. There's more room for it. Right. There because the substance actually was the, your connection. Yes. You know? Yes. The relationship to the substance, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. You know, so by removing that, of course, you know, the universe hates vacuums. 
It, it, but it needs a place to be able to place the new new deliveries, you know, kind of thing. Uh, if it's already filled up, mm, probably not going to come too quickly. Yeah. You know, uh, I think men men are more in in, in uh, probability of not being as in touch and not even realizing that they're disconnected. I think that I would say that's generally true in terms of the male patients that I see or clients and and knowing um, some men who are much more sensitive, but it's expression and it's also safety in expression, but mm. not having an awareness of, of connection. What does that mean to feel my body? What does it mean to be in my body? Absolutely. And, and I think that that's really hardwired in, in our culture yes. um, with men in particular. Well, I think that, I think where it's hardwired is not cultural as much as it's natural because mm. women, just by token of the fact that every 28 days, you know, uh, they're they're reminded of their bodies. If they have children, you know, through the, through birthing, uh, you know, women have to be much more in touch with their body just by the function of their bodies. Yes, but being a woman myself, I would say that that's true. Although yeah. there's an aversion on some level for lots of women. Oh, absolutely. It's like, oh, I don't really Yay, like this. Yeah, menopause is coming. Yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> absolutely, it's, I understand. It's a real sense of, and there, and that's changing. I think that there are more people that are embracing that sense of what it, what it means to be in touch with the body and the the amazement of how incredible our bodies are. Mm-hmm. But but feeling and sensing is a totally different skill set. You know, I find that that's that's become a very for me, you know, probably the last 10 years, a very new practice. It wasn't something that I did easily. Right. So so um, having this awareness of self and physical body, knowing that, okay, I'm in this body is is really um, uh, can be very powerful. But in our culture, there are a lot of women who have a real aversion. They don't they don't want to menstruate. They don't like it. They don't like how they feel. It's not acceptable to actually have feeling emotions and because there's over over identification with the emotion saying i am this and the hormones are making you know even rawer you know more on the surface uh but yet at the same time if without that you know i mean i'm not saying it's the only thing but i think it's a major thing in terms of women being in touch with their bodies they would just be like men and that's yes. not what we want to see happening. No, we don't. <laughs> we no, want we the don't. men to get a little bit more in touch with their humanness. You know, uh, now men are not going to start having periods that I that I could foresee, anyways, in the evolution. Unlikely, unlikely. It's very unlikely at this point. You know. Yeah. So, when someone's out of touch, what what goes on for them? Do you you know? Well, I I think that what happens when they're out of touch is that they've really have lost lost perspective of themselves lost a sense of what we've touched on before around identity of who they are and also their sense of self-trust and connection to the earth, connection to the cosmos. So this idea of I am my my emotions, why am I feeling this? And I think that in our society, often we don't realize that we are meant to be evolving. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. going through a difficult time is part of the evolution. It's part of waking us up. It's part of tapping us into consciousness and becoming ultimately more authentic. Yes. You know, getting rid of these layers that, that those layers don't go away when you're all happy and having a good time on vacation. Yes, they do. You know, That's right. The last thing any of us want to do, I don't care how long you are. I don't care if you're a therapist, people don't go away or, or go on, you know, sort of breaks or whatever to chip away at themselves. Nope. No, we go to have fun, relax, smile, laugh, you know, 
and so, you know, sort of down moods or, you know, whatever language we want to use around that uh, are very important for us to keep us in touch with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because when we're happy, we're not going to do it. We're not going to no. do the work, no. which kind of counteracts uh, uh, evolution, doesn't it? <laughs> it, yeah, it, it kind of does. Yeah. And and it's easy to try to want to stay in this place of, oh, I want to be happy all the time, or I want to be joyous all the time, or I want to party all the time, whatever it is. And it's again, it's a form of disconnect. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, they may look, you know, like vivacious and, you know, the whole thing, but as soon as they stop using, that energy begins to disappear. Yes. You know, and reality begins to set in. And it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, I think, too, that... Um, you know, one of the big things that when people are disconnected, they experience is anxiety. I agree. Uh, you know, that anxiety is brutal. And, you know, it hits the brain, it hits the body, panic attacks and so on. But the moment someone learns how to step into their own bodies, how to drop down into it, that stops. That's what's so amazing about it. It is amazing. It is you know? amazing. And it's almost as if it just cuts it right off at the legs and collapses. Yeah. There's no anxiety. There's no there's no energy. And I think with depression, sometimes depending on the severity, that can also be of course, part of it. Of course, of that, course. That's but, absolutely, yes. You know, absolutely going into the body and getting a felt sense. Yes. And stopping the, the, the thought, not stopping it, but allowing it to be there, I should say. Right, without allowing judgment. Without, and without attachment to it. Yeah, right? yeah. We're being attached to a commercial to a again. <laughs> we have to go to break. Uh, this is uh, Things Worth Considering. I'm Gordon Riddell, and uh, you're listening to uh, Voice America, and we will be right back. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories, it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Are you looking for a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Do you want your business to thrive? Do you want to enjoy better relationships and find your purpose? Tune in every week to Stepping Into the Tenda Dao Chung Life Transformation with Dr. and Master Shaw with host Diana Gold Holland, who will share the wisdom of Master Shaw. You'll hear from inspiring teachers and listen to testimonials about life transformation. Stepping Into the Tenda Dao Chung can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. in the West and 6 p.m. in the East on Voice America Empowerment. The White House doctor makes house calls. 
Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to things worth considering with gord riddell we'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca that's info at spiritgrows.ca now back to things worth considering Hi, welcome back, and you are listening to Things Worth Considering, and we have lots of things for you to consider here. Um, so we were just talking about anxiety and the fact that um, when when people uh, uh, basically disconnect from themselves, that they you know can have anxiety. That anxiety can really build too um, uh, in all kinds of areas. But when one reconnects, it's you know it's it's amazing what happens. I was I was just telling. Um, Alexia, that um, there's a small exercise that I do often with people in a group, and that is to just, you know, relax and breathe and so on. And just imagine that your chest is touching the wall in front of you and the back is touching the wall. And then from each side and touch those walls, assuming that it's a square room um, and just breathing in and just feeling yourself filling the room, fill the room that you're sitting in. And you will be amazed at what that can feel like, you know. Now, it might feel better, but I also need to also disclaim that, you know, uh, do not, if you are on anxiety medications, do not stop them uh, without talking to your doctor, okay? This is not medical advice uh, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we're just here to inform. So, yeah. And it's uh, a great, it's a great, I love that, that idea of the exercise because um, it also, what you're, what, what's happening there is you're directing the brain, because we were speaking on the break a little bit that thoughts, the brain isn't meant to stop. We're not, it's no. not meant to stop thoughts. It's just having the awareness of thoughts. But by that exercise, you're giving direction. Right. And then by giving direction, it allows everything to be here because we often think in terms of either or instead uh-huh. of both or and that yes. there is room for all of it. Yes. It's just that what are we choosing to sort of drive our bus in life, right? So if the anxiety is present, it ends up being it'll attach like a magnet to to so many different fear thoughts, which mm. just keep and attract know, the people who have the same fear exactly. thoughts. Exactly, and and then and you're, fear you're f- in your little fear fest. <laughs> a fear right? fest, yeah, really, really. Forget the beer fest. We're gonna have a fear fest. And the alcohol just makes it worse, actually. Yes, yes. Yeah, makes it a depressant the next day. Right? <laughs> so one of the things, actually, and a lot of research um, has is 
being done in this area is actually a grounding, which is kind of what we've been talking about. Yes. When we disconnect is to, to not have that grounding, that centeredness. Um, and it's called earthing. It is. Now, you, you said you also are aware of this. I just actually read uh, from the NIH of, of all, you know, I mean, they're the, the kingpin yeah. of everything uh, with healthcare research. And uh, uh, there's a number of papers that they're, they've been following. There are. There are a number of papers. It's really quite fascinating. I mean, this was... Um, also something that was done way back in, in, in the day, like I think with mysticism and also in even in naturopathy, because it was part of nature cure. So the, the belief was that the connection to the earth is very important, but it's more than just an imaginary connection. It's also mm. the felt sense. So grounding is also called vitamin G, which oh. is earthing. So okay. it's the idea of allowing ourselves to 20-minute contact is what I've read. 20 minutes of skin contact to the earth mm. can be incredibly beneficial. There's one study that shows that there is actually improved healing with diabetic ulcers, where the um, the, the rate of healing was really, really significant when uh, the patients had grounding or right. earthing. So whether, and I can't remember if the study, if they used grounding mats, because that's something that's actually becoming, I don't know a lot about them, but it's to mimic the frequency um, of the earth. Right. Because there is a, there is a, there is a, a like a charge. Yes. There, and, the negative and, ions. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. negative ions, you know, sort of removes the positive uh, ions, which are not good for us. Uh, out of our system by us actually walking on the earth. Yes. You know, and it's not like walking on some big giant piece of rubber, like running shoes and so on. It's actually like putting our feet yes. on the soil. Yes. And, and, and <clears throat> a good thing, what, what you did bring up is the rubber does block it. Yes. Um, stone does not. So if, if it's I don't have any stone shoes. Yeah. <laughs> They just started coming out with them these days. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I, I was thinking that being able to be barefoot and in terms of shoes, but yes, I can see where that went. So so having your hand on a stone or your feet on a stone, but in, when it's freezing outside. Yes, exactly. In Canada, where we are, it's, it's We have to really, go to Florida. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard. I mean... It's Mind not hard. You, you just get on the plane and go. It's what everybody else says about right. you leaving. <laughs> Although there is, you know, we can talk also about cold later around cold therapy and cold water therapy and and, and being able to have that uh, connection again through the earth, although it's cold out. Right, but right. it can't be 20 minutes. That, right. You know, you'd get frostbite. Yep. Um, Been but there, yes, done that. The earth, the earthing is absolutely getting more and more attention. It's like it's forest bathing. The Japanese are yeah. doing studies on forest bathing. I was going to say the forest bathing. Yeah, 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 exactly. So they're doing that, the trees and everything. It's all wonderful. But the fact is they're still walking on the ground. Still walking on the ground. Yeah. And I and I also think that there's some, um, I believe there's something related to even visually seeing a forest or seeing green mm. that can have an impact on our senses, but in terms of how it compares to actual earthing, I'm not sure. Right, right, um, right. Although, again, I think this also brings us to connection because it's not just the frequency aspect in terms of the 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 um, the energy connection, but it's also that we remember that we are part of this earth. We are part of nature. You know, and we, we have seasons. And we have seasons. Exactly. You know, people. We are, I mean, Toronto, Canada, I mean, we have major seasons, you know, like oh, yes. all four of them are very distinct and we know what they're like. And and people to this day, uh, I just find they're so dis, just distanced from it, like as though it's not happening outside. 
you know. That's um, a good observation. Yeah. It's just like animals, you know, it's, it's, we're just stuck in this time space. As I keep saying this, we're just stuck in this mm-hmm. time space continuum, which is crap because it's man-made. You don't see the raccoons walking around with watches on going, <laughs> well, where are they? It's eight o'clock. We're supposed to be eating by now. You know, right, I mean, right. or the dog, well, the dog right. somehow they, you know, puppies, puppies know what our schedule is and they take that on, right. um, because of their pack nature. But, you know, yeah, I mean, you don't see animals that are, you know, there's there's ceridian in terms of day and night and all yes. that kind of stuff. Yes. But that's it. Yes, and, and that's a really good point because I do think that we kind of go into this disconnect around, you know, our relationship to the seasons and, and knowing that, sure, the trees maybe look dead, but they're not just oh, because no. they don't have leaves. Yeah. They're, they're, they are hibernating. And they're and they're they're preparing. And so on a on a seasonal level, winter is meant to be more secluded, more reserved, more reflective. And I think that and people don't look very friendly. Right. Now, they're wearing like ten pounds of coats and gloves mostly and hats black. and mostly in black and their boots and their fur, you know, and and they're just like snarling, yeah. like yeah. no, we're going to cross the street for this one. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. It's. Um, People do not do not uh, uh, emit friendliness at this time of the year. N- not easily. I no. think that I think they that are. It's, yeah, you they get are. One on one, you know, in the, a warm place. You're right. The layers it, it does it creates a physical boundary and a sense of also you're, we're not as free in our exactly in our, in our bodies. Right. I mean, that first day when it's like up over you know seventy degrees or you know twenty degrees, whatever is Celsius, and people are in shorts and they're in yeah. t-shirts and they're like, oh my god, look at those legs. You know, right, right. I mean. <laughs> They are good looking after all, instead yes. of that big 20 pound coat that was wrapping everything. Yes, up, yes, you know? yes. Because uh, even, even in the office, we're still wrapped up in stuff yeah. and yeah. so on, you know, trying to stay warm. Yeah, that's, that's, it's very liberating. It's I think very that's what liberating. spring is so, so uh, amazing is watching people become so liberated. Yeah, and, and going back for one to day. Right. And going, <laughs> going, going back to the grounding and the earthing, I think that because when people are stuck in an office all day and they're not, you know, they're in concrete or, you know, just metal and glass, it is really, really important that they are, have an ability to notice the body. Yes. Notice the sense of, okay, I'm in my mind because I have all these emails and all these deadlines. But any type of, you know, going outside, fresh air, getting some kind of change, movement, you know, doing the breathing exercises, something like this, where there's a sort of a reset of, of the system so that mm. we can feel more connected to ourselves. Right. But it's, it's a practice that needs to be become something that's like brushing your teeth. You know, it's, a, it's a, something that you're, you know, maybe even doing more than once a day, right? And most people, they're not going to do it. Yeah. Well, don't. I like to have more faith in like, maybe they will. <laughs> Not that I'm jaded. <laughs> right? um, I like some of the mindfulness, you know, like if if you're feeling like kind of, uh, uh, you know, anxious or, or whatever, just using the five senses, you know, of taking a couple of deep breaths and looking around and then name like five things that you see. That can be anything, you know, but the fact is you're realizing this is what you're seeing and then four things that you feel. Oh, I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling anxious. I feel, you know, whatever. Uh, Three things that you hear. It's amazing what you might be able to hear. The birds, Mm -hmm. even this might be the dead of winter, but there's birds everywhere. You know, Uh, they just don't leave uh, anymore since we started feeding them. Two things that you can smell. 
a little yeah. harder right now. A little harder. A little harder. But there is definitely, you know, as the snow is melting because it's warm today, you can smell the earth. You can. That's a very strong you smell. You can. I noticed that And today. it's not dog poop. Yeah. <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> There's a very, very strong garden smell. It's not. <laughs> and maybe one thing you, you can taste. I like that a lot because the senses, you're right, that immediately shifts. And that there has, you're reminding me of a study that was shown around uh, looking at stress and stress management and stress in the brain. And, and by identifying emotion or what am I feeling? Yes. That in itself makes people feel better. Just oh, yeah. by simply identifying it, giving it a name, giving naming it. Yep. It's like suddenly there's an ease that happens. Yeah. It also gives the brain some direction, as you had said earlier, by oh, what am I seeing? You know, and having to name it and identify it. Uh, so the brain is now not off on a ran, you know, a random, you know, gallop through the the ether. Uh, it is. Yes. We need to hear, we need to see, okay? And it will gladly take us through our paces as we go through. Great um, metaphor, random gallop through the ether. I like that a lot. <laughs> perfect. perfect. Well, that's what it feels like sometimes, you know? When it it's does. like, off we go. Uh, or some people are off, off they go. And um, yeah, that brain really does need to have some something to do. You know, in, in, the, in the brain's defense, when we're worrying, when we're in this whole room, you know, ruminating and everything, um, uh, the brain, you know, that is the brain's way of contributing. Yes. Yes. You know? Good point. It can't go dead quiet while you're like, oh, I'm so worried waiting for this phone call. It goes, and it ramps it up. It's preparing you. It's preparing you for the worst outcome. Fortunately, 90, 95% of the time that never happens, right. you know, but it, the brain is taking part in that upset. Yes, and we absolutely. need to understand that, you know, like it's we our brain will never not do those things. No, and, and unless you're and, a Buddhist monk that's going to do this for thirty years up on the mountain, you know, that you'll finally get your brain to stop, but not. I don't. Likely. I don't think that I. I, I don't know uh, enough about Buddhism, but I think that the part of it is just acceptance of the of the thought. Oh, and absolutely. noticing the brain and yes. noticing movement and noticing it goes back to that sense of resiliency that it's not contraction. The fear contracts us. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. In terms of bringing a sense of stiffness or rigidity. And instead, when we expand into allowing the thoughts to be present by just witnessing them, that gives us more ease. Uh, it gives us incredible freedom. Freedom you know? and choice. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because you know, once we sort of grab them and pull them in, like they take over. Yeah. They take Definitely. over. So it's kind Definitely. of like you know, band of you know, a group of bandits going by in a car. You either keep them going, yeah. or you say, "Sure, come on in and take your chances." <laughs> <laughs> As to what's going to happen in your house, but but know that you're still you still have the lead there. You still right? have the lead, and you, you have, have a choice. Yes, you have a choice to say no. Keep moving along yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. I um, see you, but you know. Exactly, for exactly. I think that um, there there will be more research in this area. Um, I think that science is just scratching onto this. You know, listen, they haven't figured out where the mind is. They know where the brain is, but they still haven't no. figured out where the mind is. Mind could be, what is the mind even? We don't even know. We don't. And I don't think it dwells inside of me. No. I've been told I'm mindless sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> uh, we're going to move towards uh, uh, finishing. Thank you so much for being here. I love chatting with you. Thank um, you. And you'll be back. I know you're going to be back probably in a, maybe two weeks. 
Fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Um, so that brings us to the uh, close of our show today. Uh, if you are in the Toronto area tomorrow, uh, which is Friday, March the 6th, um, we're hosting our biweekly Compassion Energy Healing Circle. Uh, this is a free event. It is open to anyone who is interested in the healing power of universal energies uh, and of their own energies. Uh, it starts at 7 o'clock. It's at 3300 Young Street, just north of Lawrence Avenue, uh, up on the third floor. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a school here at Transformational Arts College. And so come out and join us. It's a great way to end the weekend. It's a great way to start the weekend uh, by getting all that energy. Um, I also want to, uh, let people know that if you are in the Toronto area, uh, uh, starting on March the 11th, I'm going to be, uh, offering a course here in called mindful living and conscious dying. And it's for individuals who are working in the, uh, in the field of, uh, bereavement, grief, uh, people who are therapists, social workers, people who want to get into the field, uh, and want to study this whole area. It's a fascinating area. It really is working with grief, uh, men's grief, uh, you know, trying to get some equalizers going there. Uh, it's a great course. Very, Very important course. work. Very important yeah, work. it's a, it's a seven hours. It's a seven weeks. I mean, uh, three hours a, a week and uh, it's limited enrollment, obviously. So on that note, I thank you. And, thank you. uh, to everyone, I wish you a fabulous week and let's keep that sunshine going and the temperatures going up. This is things worth considering. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your host, Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. <laughs>